country that this world has ever seen. All right, what up, hey, what up, hey. what up, America? We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump right into this thing Let's here. Let's do it. Um, it is a very sad day for me as a Alabama fan. Uh, very somber moment. Uh, Nick Saban is actually in uh, in in my things to talk about today. Uh, Nick Saban attaches his name to a letter to uh, Mansion uh, in support of voting rights. Um, in the whole spiel of this thing of the filibuster and, you know, they're calling it Jim Crow 2.0 and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so, so Nick Saban, (laughs) it's really hard for me to even get it out. (laughs) Nick Saban, uh, is in support of mansion voting for voting rights. So this is from CNN. So let's read this here and then let's talk about it. Um, the University of Alabama football coach Nick Saban and other prominent sports figures with ties to West Virginia. Nick Saban was originally born in West Virginia. Uh, penned a letter to Senator Joe Manchin urging West Virginia Democrat to help his party pass voting rights legislation. Saban, who grew up in West Virginia with Manchin, included a footnote in the version he signed, adding that he does not support eliminating the filibuster. So... The reports are coming out, oh, Nick Saban, you know, for for, for rights, uh, voting rights and things. But also, he is not in support of eliminating the filibuster. So first of all, what is the voting thing? Okay, the irony that Nick Saban, and I say this, (laughs) it's really hurting me to say this as a Bama fan. I'm sure it is. The the irony that you have to have your identification to pick up tickets at Will Call for the very football games that he coaches, but yet he is not in support of requiring uh, actual American citizens to have ID, photo ID, to prove that A, you're in the right district voting, B, you haven't voted more than once, and C, you even live in that state in the first place, is insanity. Requiring voting ID to vote is protecting voting rights, and it's protecting the vote. I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand why having an ID to vote is such a gigantic issue, such a gigantic thing. Like, oh, it's it's targeting marginalized uh, groups, and it, you know, it's it's disproportionately affecting uh, racial minorities and all this stuff. You can't get an ID. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what do you do? I can't. I have to show my ID at least four or five times a week, depending on what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what, what what are you talking about? I really, and I'm sorry for, for staring over my words, but I'm really having a hard time figuring out how people can have such an issue with having to have an ID to vote. I, I, I don't understand it. I, you have to have an ID to get a gun, you have to have an ID to get into a bar that's 21 or over. You have to have an ID to go see a rated R movie if you look young enough. Mm-hmm. You have to have an ID to do so many things. You that can't are even, way less important. You than can't voting. even rent a vehicle <laughs> without an ID. Yep. A plane ticket, like all of these things, like this is not new stuff. To open a bank account, I had to submit an ID for opening a bank account. That's racist, then I guess. I, I, 
I guess. I, I I don't understand it. And 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 Coach Saban, <sighs> my loyalties to you are very strong through Alabama, but 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 this is just this is just a dumb thing. And and, and I want to bring back something that you, sir, said not too long ago uh, when you said this. Nick should take his own advice. So I've never endorsed a candidate, uh, nor will I ever endorse a candidate or get involved in politics in any way, shape or form. You know, I don't think that's my place. I think you're right. I think you should just, you know, stick to being the greatest football coach in the history of football. Mm-hmm. Just shh, just be quiet. But then a lot of people are saying, you know, well, why would he put that footnote there at the filibuster? Not getting rid of the filibuster. Um, and it occurred to me because I had a buddy of mine call me today and, you know, said, hey, man, what is the filibuster? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it occurred to me that probably the large majority of Americans, I mean, you've heard the word, but you don't really know. Yeah what it is and so i figure let's talk about it let's do it but before we do that we got to get into a sponsor all right ladies and gentlemen you need to go right now and support good ranchers it's very simple at this point you can support china meat or australian meat if you can even find it on the shelves in the first place or you can support 100 american meat and 100% a company that supports freedom and conservative voices like Good Ranchers. You can go to goodranchers.com slash Graham right now, and they're giving away 40 free chicken breasts with your order. That's $150 value for free <clears throat> COVID. Anyway, <laughs> you can get it for free, and this is your opportunity to step up to the plate. Good Ranchers has taken so much heat for supporting uh, shows like mine, uh, other shows like Charlie Kirk, uh, Ali Beth Stuckey, all of the above. And now it's your opportunity to get up off your butt and do something. You claim all the time, oh, we got to support those that support us. Well, now's your chance. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Graham right now for 40 free chicken breasts. Plus, then that's a $150 value added to your order. Plus, you get to support a company that supports us and this show keeps coming into your vehicle, into your home, into your earbuds, however you listen to it. Go to goodranchers.com slash Graham right now. Offer code Graham. All right, so the filibuster. Why is the filibuster such a big deal? So I actually found a really, really good article. It's pro getting rid of the filibuster, but we're going to debunk some things here. Um, but uh, basically, for those of you who don't know, the Senate is currently deadlocked. 50-50, right? Yep. Currently split down the middle. The filibuster, I mean, Strom Thurmond back in the day during the Civil Rights Movement spoke for literally 24 straight hours. That's the record, right? Yes, uh, in like 18 minutes And I think the second record's also Democrat. Yeah, and, and and so there's if you're a Parks and Rec fan, there's this scene where Leslie Nope invokes the filibuster, and she's got to talk for three hours straight, and she has to pee the whole time. So the whole joke of it is she's really got to pee, but she can't not stop talking uh, until basically the end of session or whatever to prevent something from passing. She's doing like recipes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's talking about ridiculous crap. But either way, so the filibuster on its on its just most basic level is literally 
It is a never-ending debate on a bill or a topic or an agenda, things like that. That's what the filibuster is. But that's not really what is in question here. What's in question is the ability to end the filibuster. And not legislatively, I'm talking like actually in Congress. Right now in Congress, I I, want to say they call it cloture. It's not closure. It's C-L-O-T-U-R-E. And forgive me, I you know I don't know words, but but the problem is, <clears throat> yeah, it's cloture. Okay, cloture. It, it's called invoking cloture, and that takes uh, three fifths of the chamber, which is sixty votes, to be able to do so. Okay, that's what everybody's actually all up in arms about, because the Senate is deadlocked fifty fifty right now. There is no chance in any way, shape, form, or fashion that they're going to get this Voting Rights Act pushed through the Senate because they do not have enough votes to invoke cloture, which is 60 votes in the Senate. So they're just going to keep debating it and debating it and debating it for, honestly, yeah, another year (laughs) until they lose the majority in the Senate, right? And then it's going to be dead completely. So... Some people have had issues with this. So um, a lot of people want to know how long has the filibuster been around? There's a lot of people that believe that like Trump administration created the filibuster, which is just insanity. Um, Technically, the filibuster dates all the way back to any guesses how long the filibuster has been around. I'm going to go 1800s. Ancient Rome. Oh, so it's. It's before America. Ancient Rome, and it's been part of America's democracy for centuries, literally since the start, the filibuster. Um, the practice of filibusting legislation became more popular around World War One, when the anti-war senators in the minority used it to block bills by talking for a long time. As more senators started filibustering, the Senate decided it needed a way to end these lengthy debates in 1917. The Senate enacted the first form of cloture where two-thirds or 67 members of the Senate could vote to end a filibuster. The Senate further revised the filibuster in 1975, reducing the number of votes required for cloture to three-fifths of the Senate or 60 senators. So there you go, a brief history there. It's actually gotten easier over time to end a filibuster. Let's see here. So... Um, both Republicans and Democrats have made tweaks to the filibuster in order to push, and you can do this. You can look this up at act.represent.us. Um, let's see, uh, where do I want to go? Oh, here we go. Pros and cons of the filibuster. Okay. Now this is a pro getting rid of the filibuster article, but we're going to discuss this. Okay. So they've got four cons and three pros. Okay. The pros. It protects the minority in the Senate. Cons, it gives the minority power to block any legislation. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, it protects the minority in the Senate. Okay, well, what if it's 51-49? I don't think that's much of a minority. But 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 that's what I'm saying. But, the, but that is technically a minority. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas that 49 represents a lot of people and a lot of America. So without the filibuster, literally, if you have a one vote, one, one vote majority, you can cram down any legislation 
any law that you want for forever Mm -hmm. at that point, right? So by eliminating it, you would be basically making it to where you would basically make it like this. If you eliminate the filibuster and you take away the minority's power to have a checks and balance system in the Senate, then you might as well uh, not have 100 senators in the Senate. If the Democrats have 51 senators, those other 49 senators don't even need to show up. You know what I'm saying? Like, they might as well just have 51 senators in the Senate at that yeah. time. Because the other 49, their opinion means nothing. Means nothing. Or what they what they represent from their people means nothing. Ex- exactly. And and but But people aren't thinking about it like that. Like, if you remove the minority's ability to invoke a filibuster on things that they view as big enough of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're pointless. They're useless. There literally is no use for them at all. Um, let's see here. Um, now this is the best part. Okay, the pros to the filibusters. Well, okay, let's read the con first that goes along with this. The con is it slows down the legislative process and makes the Senate less productive. I.e., they pass less bills per year. But the pro to that is. It forces compromise. So why is the filibuster a good thing? Okay, the filibuster is a good thing because it makes it to where the majority cannot rule over everyone else. Because that just be mob rule, right? <clears throat> America is a checks and balance system. Yep. Okay? So even though Democrats, and, and Democrats don't even have the majority in the Senate. It is literally deadlocked right now. 50-50, okay? They have the majority in the House, and they've deadlocked the Senate, but they don't have majority in the Senate. But even if they did, okay, say it was 51-49, okay, just for argument's sake. Those 51 would have no use for the other 49. Like, like I said, they might as well not even show up if you take away the filibuster. But with the filibuster, those 49 have the ability to say, whoa, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're invoking a filibuster. If you wanna if you wanna invoke or impose a cloture, you gotta get 60 votes to be able to do it. And what that does is yes, it slows down the legislative part of it all, but it promotes compromise mm-hmm. between the two sides. But the Democrats don't want compromise. The Democrats want to eliminate the filibuster. So they can cram this voting law down the throats of Americans. They can always stay in office. Before they lose majority. You know what's crazy? Is that Joe Biden, who's now against the filibuster, was all for the filibuster back in his Senate days. Well, and that's the argument there. So the Democrats are against the filibuster right now. But they'll be for the filibuster when the when the Republicans take office. It just flip swaps. It will. The Democrats will literally do the same thing to Republicans when they have majority in the Senate. And so 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 that's the illusion that I want to remove right now. Okay? We may take back the House and the Senate. Now, if we have 60 seats to their 40, you're right. Yeah, the Republicans are in some serious business at that point. <laughs> because be nice. then they can just tell everybody to suck it and sit down and be quiet because they can't even invoke the filibuster <laughs> because they bring it to cloture from the very beginning. 
I doubt that happens <laughs> in the Senate. It'd be nice. It, it would be nice. I think you're looking at a 55-45 when it's all said yeah, and done. Yeah, I can see that. But, but either way, we're taking back the House. So what will happen starting in 2022 is the House will pass all these legislations and all these bills on the, on the Republican side, and it'll go to the Senate, and then the Democrats in the minority will do the exact same thing. The reason they want to do this is because they want to affect the vote. They're claiming that Republicans are trying to prevent Americans from voting so they can win elections. Didn't they just win an election? <laughs> Didn't they just win the presidency? Well, I think they did. And isn't the current rules still the rules that were in place during that last election? So, no, what they want to do is they want to rig the election by making it to where you don't have to prove where you live. You don't have to prove if you're a citizen. You don't have to prove you even live in the county or the state in which you're voting. That is just the dumbest. That would be rigging an election, in my opinion. But the biggest thing is the thing about a filibuster is it actually forces legislators to do what they're actually supposed to do. Stand up for their states, but compromise with the other side, because that's how America is supposed to be. But they want to get rid of that, which is even in this pro ending the filibuster article, it points to it forces compromise between the two sides. That's a good thing. That is a very good thing. Also, they also point down to this fact, which I don't know if this is a bad thing or not. They say today's Senate is the least productive in history. The chamber only passed 278 bills. That's almost a bill a day. Okay, almost. 365 days a year. Okay, yeah. so a bill like every one and a half days, really. They pass. Major piece of legislation that makes it all the way to the Senate. As opposed to 1,000 in 1978 and 2,000 in 1955. I don't know if passing 2,000 bills a year is good or not that doesn't make me feel very comfortable because it, are they talking about it are they just like slinging it through who can keep up with two thousand bills a year being passed what are we okay moving on <laughs> <laughs> um let's see uh this actually asked the question what would happen if the senate removed the filibuster the most likely result of outright eliminating the filibuster would be that more bills would pass the filibuster has blocked a number of major bills from passing in the past 20 years. Without the filibuster, it would be easier for the majority party to pass legislation without opposition. Because, Democrat current, because Democrats currently control the majority of the House, this is wrong, and the Senate, they don't control the majority of the Senate, it's deadlocked. Eliminating the filibuster would likely mean a lot of laws authored by Democrats would pass. But... If the Republicans gain control of the Senate again, they too would have a much easier time enacting their agenda. Look, I'm coming at this as a registered Republican. I don't think it's a good idea eliminating the filibuster for either side. I don't think either side should have unchecked power to pass whatever they want, however they want, that leads whenever to they want really it. Really bad things. And you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, the senators are so upset because all they're doing is arguing bills and this and that and this." That's their freaking job. Your job is to deal with all of that. The end.
So there's you a brief little class about the filibuster. But the normal American citizen doesn't know any of the things that I just told you. They have no idea. And this is why I know that we're doomed as a society. CNN is reporting that Disney fans reportedly waited for more than six hours in line. Any guesses as to why? I have no idea. Come on, give me a guess. Why would Disney fanatics wait six hours plus in a line? There's so many things. Uh, Let's say something Frozen related. They were standing in line to see Elsa. I don't know. To buy a limited edition popcorn bucket. That is, that is disturbing. That's where we are as a society. These people are the ones saying, oh, get rid of the filibuster. They hate black people. What? <laughs> but they'll stand in line six hours for a freaking popcorn bucket. But you're standing in line for six hours of your life to buy a collectible Disney character popcorn bucket. Shut up. All right. Carhartt has come out and broken the heart of every freaking redneck ever. <laughs> uh, Carhartt uh, has sent a letter out to all of their associates about the Supreme Court ruling on OSHA vaccine mandates. Many of you have asked how the recent Supreme Court decision on the OSHA mandate for large employers will impact our associates, so we want to provide some clarity. The ruling does not change Carhartt's mandatory vaccination program, which went into effect January 4th. As you know, we have extended the vaccination deadline for both the RCV and Madisonville Associates to February 15th. This date also remains in effect. We put workplace safety at the very top of our priority list, and the Supreme Court's recent ruling doesn't impact that core value. We in the medical community continue to believe vaccines are necessary to ensure a safe working environment for every associate and even perhaps their households. While we appreciate that there may be differing views, workplace safety is an area where we and the union that represents our associates cannot compromise. An unvaccinated workforce is both a people and business risk that our company is unwilling to take. I'll say it. Boycott Carhartt. Buy Burn Apparel instead. Our buddies at Burn, Carhartt's biggest rival. But they support freedom of the Constitution. You should uh, should definitely do that. Now you better protect everybody from the sniffles. Oh, my God. We're fixing to talk about it in depth here. Um, okay. Uh, Michael Phelps is a big old wuss. Um, Michael Phelps weighed in on NCAA's Leah Thompson. You know, the transgender, Mm -hmm. the guy who wants to be a girl who's just slaughtering everybody. Michael Phelps had an opportunity. Okay. Michael Phelps is the most accomplished swimmer probably in the history of ever. Right. Um, I want to say he won. Hang on. It's in here. Phelps who won 13 individual gold medals as an Olympic swimmer. Okay. This is his response here. Uh, I think this leads back to the organizing committees again when he's asked about should a male, a biological male be able to compete in women's sports. And the reason why they're saying this is because uh, he is now this person. He is now threatening to break all-time NCAA records set by Olympic gold medalists Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. Okay, so this thing is now threatening to ruin women's sports and women's records, right? So they asked Michael Phelps, the greatest male swimmer ever, what he thought. Um, And he said, I think this leads back to the organizing committees again. 
because it has because it has to be on a level playing field. That's something that we all need because that's what sports are for me. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. He goes on to say, oh, oh, um, so Thomas, that's the dude who's now a girl, has been demolishing female competition. None of Thomas's teammates have spoken on the record about their opinion on the matter, though some have chosen to do so anonymously to voice their concerns. They say in the article, she, but I'm going to say he compares himself to Jackie Robinson. He said that he is like Jackie Robinson of trans sports. Mm. Mighty big words Mm. there. Anyway, Phelps goes on to say in this interview, I believe that we all should feel comfortable with who we are in our own skin. But I think sports should all be played on an even playing field. I don't know what it looks like in the future. It's hard. It's very complicated, and this is my sport. This has been my sport my whole entire career, and honestly, the only thing I would love is everybody being able to compete on an even playing field. You freaking wuss. Just come out and say it. Trans athletes have no business competing against their non-biological gender counterparts. The end. If the Olympics wants to create a trans league... Fine. Yeah. Go for it. it. Whatever. If they want to create a trans Olympics, more power to you. That nobody would watch. But if you were born with an XX or an XY, that's who you compete against. Mm -hmm. The end. Shut up. What a freaking sissy. You are the you are the most accomplished male swimmer of all time. And you don't have the balls as a man to step up and defend women actually really defend women yeah and say no you know what this this is not fair just as it would not be fair for michael phelps to race the top female swimmer because he would annihilate her yeah have you seen michael phelps he looks like part fish anyway all right his (laughs) arms are freaking he has a 12 foot like radius in reach anyway he was built to to be an elite swimmer you had a chance and you blew it michael phelps God, anybody, does anybody have any nuts these days? Excuse me. Jeez, got men trying to get rid of their nuts and guys with actual balls can't even talk about. Anyway, we got to get into a sponsor. (laughs) Let's go. All right, right now, inflation is at 40-year highs, and here's the truth. They don't want it to go anywhere because they do not give a crap about you or your money or your family or your life or your savings or your future. That's why I've teamed up with Birch Gold. Because this is not a money-making scheme. This is to protect the money that you have saved by investing in gold, silver, and precious metals. Ladies and gentlemen, it is super simple. With thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, you can trust Birch Gold to help you protect your savings. And all you have to do is text the word Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, to the number 989898 now to get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit. This comprehensive 20-page guide reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings. So what are you waiting for? The answer should be nothing. You've got your phone right now. That's how you're listening to this podcast, 99% of you. Text the word Graham to 989898. And anybody 
that places an order with Birch Gold by February 28th, they will send you a signed copy of my new book, Dear America, Live Like It's 912. So what have you got to wait for? The answer is nothing. Text the word Graham to 989898 now. All right, this next segment is going to be called Weekend Joe's. Dude, I think Weekend Joe's is a really cool uh, name for a bar. But why do I say that? Well, you know, Joe Biden's first full year is coming to a close, I think, on the 21st. I think When was Joe Biden inaugurated? January 20th. Okay, so tomorrow. All right, so tomorrow marks the freaking... It is tomorrow, right? Yes, it's the 19th. (laughs) Dude, they all run together (laughs) after a while. All right, tomorrow marks the one-year mark. And so people have started um, digging up things. You know, there's 52 weekends in a year, um, and it has now been officially reported that Joe Biden spent 32 out of 52 weekends back home in Delaware. So not at the White House, not working, on taking weekends off. Back at his house I in Delaware. I didn't realize that the president of the United States was a nine to five Monday through Friday job. And neither did I. I didn't know this either. Right. Uh, we're, we're all, we talked about the last episode how Omicron is peaking. Mm-hmm. Omicron is there. But rest assured, Joe Biden is on the case. Okay? Because now, literally today, the Biden administration announces that they will make $400 million N95 mask available to Americans for free starting next week. So as Omicron is peaking, it's plateaued and cases are going down. Now N95 masks, which are the only masks that have been proven to be any kind of help at all, will be made available. Oh, but that's not it. They're also now have a website. The Biden administration launched a new website Tuesday for Americans to order deliveries of free at-home COVID-19 testing kits. Well, that seems good. Uh, But what's the turnaround? (gasps) The turnaround is 7 to 12 business days. So right around the time that you get it, you will have already gotten over COVID. So thanks a lot, Joe Biden. The peaks already happened. Then they announce this stuff, and then it still takes almost potentially two weeks to get your stuff. Correct. Yes. So very, very delayed reaction. Correct. No, he's an idiot. And and <laughs> and and everybody at the administration is a blatant and total moron. Um, and I cannot wait for tomorrow because tomorrow Joe Biden is getting ready. And I can't read to, wait to read you parts of this New York Post article. Biden hunkered downs ahead of his Biden Biden has had nine press conferences his entire first year. This will be the second press conference by himself in a year. The second dose, two, that's it. An entire year. He has to have somebody hold his hand while he does his press conference. He has only done, up until tomorrow, one solo press conference conference where he takes questions from reporters. So I'm going to read you. This is a New York Post article. President Biden has remained out of public view this week as he prepares for just his second solo White House press conference on Wednesday. Oh, no, that's today. Well, that's not the one year mark, is it? 
either way, it happens today. Um, what time does it happen today? We got we to gotta stay on top of that. It must be later this afternoon. Either way, uh, Wednesday and amid slipping support in polls as inflation hits a 40-year high and while COVID-19 cases stay near all-time records. Uh, I told you about the Delaware thing. Uh, let's see. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Okay, 4 p.m. today. There you go. Uh, it's talking about COVID numbers are at all-time high. The White House launched on Tuesday. The website we just told you about, the White House reportedly uh, rejected an expert plan to get masks to people back in October, uh, which is another boo-boo on his record. Uh, oh, Biden is expected to read from a prepared list of reporters, but press conferences allow for more in-depth exchanges than the generally briefed Q&As on the White House lawn or after Biden delivers a speech. Despite mounting woes going into the November midterm elections, Biden will put his best foot forward and argue that the country has made strides toward returning to normal 3.9% unemployment rate, even though job creations is at an all-time low. They passed a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure law added to the debt. Thank you very much. Biden, Biden's first year in office featured fewer than half as many press conferences as those given by former President Donald Trump during the same period of time, though just one of Trump's was a solo event. Wednesday's event will be Biden's 10th press conference, but only his second as solo. Uh, in the same time period, Trump gave 23 Obama gave 27, George Bush 19, Bill Clinton gave 45. Holy crap. Dang. As if you wanted to see him enough. <laughs> uh, Biden only agreed to do a news conference after, after pressure from leading press advocates. Um, maybe a pref, press conference soon, Mr. President. We'd like to look forward to that. Biden smiled and said, me too. This man... If he doesn't go down as the worst president in history, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, what we're doing anymore. And it may just be time just to give up at that point. Um, but we're going to move on from Biden. I have a question, you know, Omicron and all this other kind of stuff, um, is still at the height of everything. Like I told you, we, we've already shown you data. We've told you about the data. We've read the data straight from the CDC about the less of uh, the, the least or, or the, 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 how Omicron is less severe than any other, other variant. Um, we've shown you how it is plateaued and it is losing steam. Uh, it is going away, but now we're sending out more masks. We're sending out tests uh, lockdowns are still here, but yet my question is, as of today, Boris Johnson, the prime minister of, uh, the United Kingdom is acting more like an American than Americans are. Listen to this. We can return to plan A in England and allow plan B regulations to expire. As a result from the start of Thursday next week, mandatory certification will end. Organizations can, of course, choose to use the NHS COVID pass voluntarily, but we will end the compulsory use of COVID status certification in England. Yeah. From now on, the government is no longer asking people to work from home. Yeah. And people should now speak to their employers about arrangements for returning to the office. And having looked at the data carefully, the Cabinet concluded that once regulations lapse, the government will no longer mandate the wearing of face masks 
anyway. Mrs. Speaker. Why is the UK being more American than Americans? No idea. Does that not bother you at all? Even just a little bit? Does not bother you that the people that we kicked their butt back in 1776, well, that's when we declared. It's not when we actually beat them. But you know what I mean. You understand the point. Does not bother you that you have another country being more American than Americans? It's like the UK is actually caring for their people right now. And here's the thing. Everybody's talking about vaccines and vaccines and vaccines and vaccines and vaccines. But Israel, everybody knows, is the most vaccinated and boosted country in the world. And it's seeing catastrophic positive rates. But listen to what this doctor says from Israel. Listen to this. Are you now of the view that vaccine passports should be got rid of, phased out, because they're no longer relevant in the Omicron era? I, I, yeah, I tend to think so. And that's also something else. You know, this is, you know, we have to look at the future. We need better vaccines to prevent transmission. I mean, I'm all for a nasal vaccine, for example, that would be able to better mimic the immunity that we get from the disease. And uh, we know, even even if the Omicron actually is causing a lot of uh, you know, breakthrough, uh, not breakthrough infection, but reinfections, you know, people that were vaccinated and, you know, secondary infections, et cetera, et cetera. We have to take into account that still the virus is better at immunizing than the vaccine. <gasps> You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say that you get more immunity from natural immunity than you do with vaccines. I hope he doesn't have a YouTube channel. You know, the problem with natural immunity it's free. That's why they don't like it. That's why they don't want you to talk about it. And even in the media, the American media, they are, they are already dealing with this doctor right now. Don Lemon, just yesterday, right after that interview comes out, listen to Don Lemon. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research or that they are above the law and they can break the rules Australia, Novak Djokovic, Australia said, no, 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 no. We're going to look at the greater good of everyone in our society, and you're not part of that. We have to. Those idiots that think they can do their own research. So Don Lemon and CNN are anti people thinking for themselves. And in that post, Don Lemon is actually pro what Australia is doing. Now, what he's talking about, that guy, that's a tennis player who refuses the vaccine, oh, if yeah. I recall. He's like the best tennis player in the world. And he's being, yes, exactly. And he's not being allowed to play. Uh, somebody made a meme. It's the only athlete in the history of ever that's being punished for not taking drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean, the utter insanity of that clip from Don Lemon has just been like brushed off. By everybody, but he literally says that we're all idiots for questioning law, which, by the way, mandates are not law, okay? First of all, um, he also says that you should not think for yourself. Just let the government do it for you. He said you're an idiot if you think you can do your own research. And then he also supports what Australia is doing. Australia is literally putting people in isolation quarantine camps. 
Australia, New Zealand, all these places are literally creating a secondary society. In Germany right now, they have a new version of the Berlin Wall. Literally, in grocery stores and everything, there is a, there is a fence down the aisles that the vaccinated can walk down one side and the unvaccinated can walk down the other side. That's okay, though, because CNN's lost 90% of their viewers. Thank God for the airports, or they'd be in some serious, serious trouble. But rest assured, America will live in fear for forever because Dr. Fauci says, are you ready for this? I'm not ready. I know what you're thinking. Dr. Fauci says another wave is coming. No, no, no. It's even more absurd than that. Fauci says we're just in the first phase of five phases of the pandemic. How does he know that? These past two years have not been the beginning of the end. No, 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 no. This has simply been the first phase of five Yeah, and this is the same guy that said AIDS could go to kids from sneezes. Dr. Fauci also said that the world is still in the first of what he considered to be the five phases of the pandemic. The first is the truly pandemic phase, where the whole world is really very negatively impacted, followed by deceleration, control, elimination, and eradication. First of all, this is a lie. You can't eradicate COVID, all right? All the real scientists have said this. Animals can get it, right? Right? Animals can get it. Uh, what's the? I, we've only eliminated one. I think it was the mumps, I think. It's the only thing that we've ever... Or polio. Oh, polio. Polio. Right, we, because it could not replicate in animals. That's the only reason that we've been... We've only eradicated one, okay? A lot of people don't realize that. Just because things aren't around much anymore doesn't mean that they're eradicated, all right? We only eradicated one, and that's because it couldn't replicate in animals. But because COVID can, we are never going to be able to eradicate it, just like we can't get rid of the cold, just like we can't get rid of the flu, bronchitis, pneumonia, and so on, and so on, and so on. He's a liar. But my question is this. We know Omicron's less severe. We know Omicron has peaked. All these other countries are getting rid of restrictions Israel is saying we need to get rid of vaccine passports in general because natural immunity is better than vaccines any day. But yet America is still wanting their people to live in fear. And you have to ask the question, why? Another big thing that's going on that we haven't talked a lot about is the January 6th committee. Um, And I got a friend named Alex. He's been, uh, asked to appear before the January 6th committee and he told him to suck it. Um, but he appeared on OAN the other night and, you know, a lot of people were like, well, what's the big deal about the January 6th detainees? Right. And so sometimes people say things better than I can. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play this clip. And this is what the big deal is about the people that have been detained in jail due to the events of January 6th over a year ago. That's right. People are still in there in solitary confinement. Okay? We don't talk about that enough, but it's true. There are still people in Afghanistan stranded, and there are people that are being detained in solitary confinement in January 6th right now, a year later. This is what Alex had to say. thought it was really good. 
young man and voice for all those who are being persecuted. I want to get your take quickly, too, on what's happening to those folks. Some who've been behind bars for over a year now. Since last January, Mm -hmm. they're not being treated fairly behind bars. They're not getting fair counsel. They're being charged with ridiculous things of when they just merely walked into the building. Or some, like you said, weren't even there. Like the gentleman who applied for the permit to have people speaking out on the ellipse and stuff. I mean, this is political persecution at its best. I thought this stuff only happened in, like, Russia. Listen to what Alex says. Not our country. Yeah, well, it's also important to remember who uh, owns the current occupant of the Oval Office. He's beholden to uh, Russia and China, so it's not surprising that he's kind of taking over some of their tactics. Uh, But to touch quickly on the J6 defendants who are behind bars at the D.C. Gulag uh, that is run by the deputy warden, Kathleen Lunderkin, who I helped surface hundreds of anti-Trump tweets with the help of Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. But what's happening to them is absolutely despicable. And I think it's important to remember that some of these people who are behind bars, they absolutely might have committed crimes. But here in the United States of America, every American has a constitutional right to a speedy trial. And when you're put behind bars in a disastrous prison, the likes of which this country has never seen, you know, and they're treated so horribly, this is not criminal justice system at work. This is criminal justice abuse. And President Trump uh, supporting the the biggest criminal justice reform uh, efforts ever in this country. He's the most pro-criminal justice president ever. Another reason why I support him. But I have, I support criminal justice rights for every American, including these J6 defendants. And some, they might go to jail. But that is the you know, the, the court and the justice system and a trial, speedy trial is what's going to determine that. Not Kathleen Lunderkin, not Joe Biden. These people deserve a fair shake, and I'm going to stand with them, and that's why I donated $10,000 to the Patriot Freedom Project the other day. Good for you. You're putting your money where you're... That's the thing, and, and, and I agree with Alex. Some of these people probably did commit crimes, all right? You can't damage federal buildings, all right? Got it, okay? And some of them probably are going to go to jail, all right? But the right to a fair and speedy trial is being denied basic Mm -hmm. American rights and liberties, even in a criminal case of defense. You still have rights as an American. And these people are being denied that. That is the problem. Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these people aren't going up there saying release all these people now. They're saying why Are these people not getting their rights to a fair, speedy trial, uh, the right to counsel, all these things? Why are they in solitary confinement? They're not dangerous to the rest of the prison population and all this other stuff. What is going on? It's very serious stuff that's happening right there with the January 6th committee. Uh, Shoot, for all I know, I could end up getting subpoenaed when it's all over. I have, now I have four friends that have been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. So I'm just waiting for it, man. (laughs) I'm waiting on it. Um, But the biggest thing that's going on is you you just, you have to ask yourself these questions. Like how long are we as Americans going to stand for this? Whether you believe they broke the law or not, that's not the point. Point is, even if you break the law, you have rights as an American and those rights are not being honored. Those rights are being violated. We're just letting it happen. Last but not least, I want to ask a question. All right. I want to ask a question. There was a Democrat running in Louisiana, I believe, who I can't remember if it's Congress or not. Honestly, it's not important. 
But he starts off his campaign by lighting up and smoking a joint in the campaign video. And so my question to everybody, write me, Graham, at DearAmericaMedia.com. I want to take a poll. Let me know what you think. Would you support a political candidate who smokes and advocates for marijuana use? What do you think, Zach? Why well, I got you on the spot here. I got you on the spot. Well, you're the first. You're the first one in the poll. There we go. I would not. Okay. I mean, like, just to- Zach says no. This isn't a trick question. I was just. I was just curious. Uh, again, this is all spawning from this uh, Democrat running um, in Louisiana, I believe it was. And I mean, <laughs> he's sitting in a chair, and the very first thing he does is light that thing up and take a good old puff before he starts his ad campaign. And so now everybody's wondering, you know, would you support? A political candidate who not only smokes, but advocates for marijuana. Let me know. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. You guys know where I stand. I'm indifferent to marijuana. I could give a crap less. Uh, But I'm curious what you think. Write me. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have a feeling that Friday's episode is going to be massive with Joe Biden fixing to speak here in a mere matter of hours. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time.